Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. And now, here's our lead minister, Bobby Wallace. Uh, It's called Way Down Deep, and we are talking about ingraining our values as a church. And um, the thing that we have to understand is we all value something or some things. And the the question is, what do you value? Um, You've heard said many times before that uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Well, I think value probably is too, right? I mean, it just all depends on what you think something's worth. We've all heard the stories. We've seen the news articles about, uh, you know, somebody bought at a garage sale a, a painting that they thought was just, you know, you know, cheap art. And then they find out either behind it or actually the painting itself was like a masterpiece. And, you know, it's worth millions of dollars. And uh, a, a small example of that is uh, my son Luke that you just saw up here a second ago. Uh, a few months ago, helped a guy. Uh, he was paid to help guy, a guy move and clean out an attic and all that sort of stuff. And the guy was just giving them stuff, him and the other guy that were helping out. And, you know, anything they thought was interesting, Luke got a couple old cameras, that type of thing. But there was this big poster of like this dragon, kind of a cartoonish type dragon. And it was something to do with the old game uh, Dungeons and Dragons. He thought, well, it just looked kind of cool. He's not into that game or anything. But he, he brings it home and he gets researching. And the thing's worth like 50 to 75 bucks at least. And so he ended up putting it on eBay and somebody supposedly getting ready to buy it. And, you know, he went for nothing. And he thought it was just junk. Look, maybe kind of cool. It was like some old 70s thing. And he, uh, kind of like me, and uh, he buys it, or gets this thing and he can make some money off of it. Because what you value is sort of determined by what you think it's worth and if you think something has value. So we have values here that we like to talk about here at Movement and we could talk about a million of them but there's a few that we really try to focus on. One of the things that I am, um, I say the word proud in in hopefully a godly sense, Uh, one of the things I'm proudest about about our church is that we've heard people say numerous times over these past four plus years, that we are accomplishing what we're setting out to do and be. Um, And what I mean is this, you know, as you set out to to start a new church, it's scary, it's terrifying, it's fun, it's challenging, it's all kinds of things. And you decide, hey, this is who we sort of want to be as a body of believers. And a lot of us want to do the right things, but we don't always come across in the right way. And one of the things that we've heard people tell us is that we are a loving group of people. Uh, I I still, it sticks in my mind to this day, this phrase, someone told us, without being coached or anything, they said, you guys love people exceptionally well. And I was like, man, that's awesome. I, I love to hear that. We're not perfect. There's people who we, I'm sure, let slip through the cracks. There's times that we get it wrong because guess what? We're human. Right. We're human and we're imperfect. Jesus is the only perfect one. He's the only one who's never going to let you down. But we have things that we value. And so we're going to talk about them over these next few weeks. And today we're talking about the first couple that we mentioned, grace and truth. Because I believe that they are foundational to walking with Jesus, grace and truth. And it's so cool, you know, Steve shared about grace and and we heard it through the songs and we, we hear truth a lot. But are we really living and valuing grace? 
in truth. I, I want to talk to you real quick about values, though, before we jump into those two particular ones, because, you know, it might seem sort of weird or cheesy, or it might seem like a catchphrase to think about values and think about a church, but here's what, uh, I don't know who this guy is, but he said a good quote, and it made it on the interwebs. Um, it's uh, Googleable. Is that a word? I just made it up. Um, Jose Ortega Igasset, uh, he said this, tell me what you pay attention to, and I will tell you who you are pretty powerful. What you pay attention to becomes who you are. This is unknown. We don't know who said this, but values are like lighthouses. They are signals giving us direction, meaning, and purpose. When you set something as a value, it gives you direction, meaning, and purpose. Um, Roy E. Disney, who I'm assuming is related to old Walt, um, said, it's not hard to make decisions once you know what your values are. And you can think about this personally, you can think about this as a church. John Maxwell, the the big leadership guru, he said, Your core values are the deeply held beliefs that authentically describe your soul. What you value is sort of what makes you who you are. And then, if you can believe it or not, the hunk of hunk of burning love himself, Elvis Aaron Presley said this, I got ready to say, you ain't nothing but a hound dog, but that's not what he said. (laughs) Values are like fingerprints. Nobodies are the same, but you leave them all over everything you do. That's good. That's really good. And see, here at Movement, we have talked about since pre-day one that we believe in grace and truth. And the reason we say that is because... That sounds like a duh statement. Oh, every church does that, but I'd beg to differ. There's a group of people, um, I believe they're from Oklahoma, that have made the news for a decade or two now because they go and they protest at military funerals. And they put up signs that say despicable, horrible things about people. And talking about how God hates people. And yes, the Bible does talk about God hates sin and all that sort of stuff, but... We need to show people the love of Christ so that they don't have to experience the pain and the justice that we just deserve. But there are people who would say, oh yeah, we all believe in grace and truth, but I don't know that that's the case. Because there are also a lot of people that teach a lot of things that claim to be a church that don't teach things that are truthful. I mean, it's just honest truth. We want to be real and true and honest. We've got to admit it. And here's what we have to understand. Grace is, was explained very well by Steve, and so I don't, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it. But grace is the idea, it's unmerited favor. It's what you get that you do not deserve through the blood of Jesus. And I love that acrostic, I love that description. You know, I, I don't know if this is exactly the way he said it, this is the way I, I remember learning it years ago. God's riches at Christ's expense or God's righteousness at Christ's expense, same thing. I love it because we don't deserve the righteousness of Christ, but we get it because of what Jesus did on the cross. And if you need to hear this, maybe for the first time, maybe this is God's way. He's pounding in your brain. You've already heard it multiple times today. You can have the grace of God. No, you don't deserve it. And that's the beauty of it. You don't deserve it, but you can have it and you can have it lavishly abundantly overwhelming like we spent the last seven weeks talking about about God's unbelievable overwhelming covenant love and faithfulness he is good his grace is sufficient and then truth truth is a word that is attacked in our society 
You know, and it's, uh, there's a Greek word that's used oftentimes when you see the word truth in English, it's aletheia. And it, it really is the idea. It, also, it can be described to describe the scripture. Truth. Thy word is truth. To use a King James quote that Jesus said in John 17, 17. You know, your word is truth. And so there is truth and there is truth and there is truth. And people will try to tell you that truth is subjective. And that in itself is false. Because if it's true. Now you can say, oh, if it's true for me, true. But that's not truth. Truth is absolute. There are some things that are true in a circumstance. We understand that. But we're talking about these life-changing, foundational truths that we want to understand. Ultimately, the gospel of Jesus and his word is truth. Because everybody else, even if I do my best to tell you the truth day in and day out, I'm going to mess up. Even not intentionally, I'm going to mess up. And I'm going to get the truth wrong sometimes. But God's word, his truth is unfailing. It never changes. It does not swerve from the right to the left. It is truth. So we want to base our lives on these things. And and to understand this, this is the first key idea I want you to kind of wrap your brain around. Jesus is the fullness of grace and truth. If you want to know what grace and truth are together, you look at Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 14. We alluded to this passage several times during our last series talking about Yahweh, the name of God. And it says here, it's a very popular, famous passage of scripture. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as the one, as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law came about and it convicted us of sin. The law came about so that nobody could say, well, I haven't done that. I haven't done that because pretty soon you're going to get caught by you've done that. You know, and then the scripture even goes on later and says, if you've broken one of the commandments, guess what? You're guilty of breaking them all. The law came to utterly convict us and convince us that we needed a savior. Now, God, it's always been, God's people have always been saved by grace, even in the Old Testament. Back then, he gave grace because they were sacrificing the right sacrifices he offered. But ultimately, it was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so he comes and he gives us grace. The law, the Old Testament that Moses gave brought about one thing, but grace and truth Come through Jesus Christ. And it said back there in verse 14, it says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. And most of us, when we think about full, you know, we we know what full is, but we don't necessarily because like a lot of things, words can mean one thing in one situation and a lot and another in another. Um, For instance, you're eating a great meal. Let's say Thanksgiving. I already talked about that earlier this morning. You're eating Thanksgiving and you are just pounding the turkey and the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and the corn and the green beans and you know the ham and you're like man I am full I am full and then somebody walks out with at my family it's the chocolate eclair cake you're like oh I got a little bit of room 
this turkey and dressing area is full. I, I got another area. I got another couple of acres back here on the back that is not full. And so full is very subjective. But when we say full in scripture, what the word is implying here in John chapter one is everything that you might think it means. It can mean filled up as opposed to empty, filled up. It can mean like an, in a hollow vessel or jar filled up to the brim. When you think of a surface, it means literally covering every part of the surface, like pollen in North Carolina right now. Everything is full of pollen, right? Every surface. It can mean thoroughly permeated with. It can mean complete, lacking nothing, perfect. And so when Jesus is described as the fullness of grace and truth, Rest assured, he is the perfection of grace and truth. If you want to know what grace is, you look at Jesus. You look at Jesus not just standing, hanging on the cross. You look at Jesus as the woman caught in the act of adultery is at his feet. And all the stones have been dropped. And he says, go and sin no more. You look at Jesus as he sits by the woman on the well who didn't want anybody to look at her because she was tired of the stares and the accusations and the snickers and the ugly words. And he tells her about water that will fill her soul forever. He's grace and he's truth. Because in that same account with this woman, what does he also say to her? He said, go and get your husband. And she's like, I have no husband. He's like, you're right. <laughs> you got a bunch of them. He tells the truth, but he tells it with grace and truth because the truth will set you free. If you never acknowledge your sin or know your sin, you will never seek grace. And so we need to hear the truth even when it hurts, even when it pricks our soul. Hopefully it pricks our soul and causes us to turn to him. He is the fullness of grace and truth. Jesus is perfectly complete in grace and truth. Law confronts and calls out sin. Grace and truth set you free. Grace and truth set you free. You see, the gospel is grace and truth. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, if you want to read along with me. We've got the scripture, of course, it's always on the screen. Colossians 1, beginning in verse 3, says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed the whole, in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. You see, the gospel is the fulfillment of grace and truth because in essence, the gospel is all wrapped up and is Jesus. He is the good news. He is the good news that you don't have to pay for your sin. You don't have to remember your past mistakes and your failures. You don't have to remember all the things at times that you've been rejected and overwhelmed and forgotten and mistreated and cheated on or when you cheated. You don't have to remember those. You don't have to be named by those. You don't have to be called by those because the gospel is good news. And the gospel is the truth that Jesus came 
Yahweh came down to earth as a man, was born as a baby, grew up and lived a perfect sinless life, and then went to the cross for sins that were not his own. And he died on that cross for your sins and for my sins. And he did not stay in that grave. But on the third day, y'all, on the third day, he walked out of that grave, y'all. He walked out and he came not only as a savior. And I want to pause for just a second, because a lot of times when we think about the gospel, we think about, oh, man, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. And that's right. You are. It's good. But Jesus is Savior and King. Savior and Lord. Many of us want Jesus as Savior, but we're like, I'm good on the Lord part. That role is already taken. And we don't want the King in our life, but the Gospel is also about kingship and His kingdom. And are you a part of His kingdom? Are you a faithful and surrendered child of the one true King? Who died to save you from your sins. The gospel changes lives from the inside out. Well, the gospel is grace and truth. And grace and truth and love go together. Grace and truth and love go together. I want you, as we read this next passage of Scripture, 2 John, um, beginning verse 1. There's no chapter there. Uh, Every now and then I like to give you something that will help you win Jeopardy one day. Only one chapter in 2 John. It's all right, so... No chapter reference. Second John 1. But I want you to take note of the words grace, truth, and love as we read through here. John writes, The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. Not only I, but also all who know the truth. Because of the truth that abides in us and, we will, and will be with us forever. Verse 3. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. Verse 4, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is a commandment just as you have heard from the beginning so that you should walk in it. John, the beloved apostle, the beloved friend of Jesus, he talks a lot about love. But he also talks a lot about grace and truth because those things are intertwined. And if we understand them, they're really inseparable. Love and grace and truth go together. He says to this, uh, this letter that's written, and I'm not going to get caught in the weeds of who the chosen lady is. Some people would say it's a, a descriptive uh, poetic term for the church. Uh, many would say that it's, it's a, a woman in the church. And, and we don't know exactly. Um, some people would say, well, if it's a, a specific woman, why didn't they say a specific name? Well, if he wants everybody to be able to read the letter and understand it and relate to it, you just keep it sort of anonymous. Regardless, all of us need to listen. All of us need to listen. And he says that we have a command. And what is that command that we've had from the beginning? Love one 
another. Is that needed in 2022? More than ever. Will loving one another shine like the bat symbol in the sky on a dark night in Gotham City? (laughs) Will it shine like a train coming down the tracks at you? It absolutely will. Love now more than ever will shine bright if we seek to love one another. And so he says the command that we've always had is to love one another. And he says, just in case you're wondering, just in case you're wondering, I'm going to tell you what love is. He says what? Love is defined. Walk according to his, that's God's commandments. Now, hold up. We would normally say, and we, I know we talked about this uh, over the past few weeks several times. We talk about it a lot because it's one of the most misunderstood concepts in our world today is people don't understand what love is. Love has been equated with tolerance, and that is not the truth. You can be kind and still disagree and still be in love. And, and we use their example. I'm not going to go into it. Go back and listen to the, the previous sermons if you want. But we talked about the illustration of the bridge being out. And if you love people, you're going to stop them from going over the bridge because you don't want them to perish. Love sometimes gets in people's face, but it, it should be done not in a jerk way, right? But love is not simply good, mushy feelings. Love is a decision to think and do the best for other people. And so when we want to love other people, we do it. We walk according to his commandments. When we follow God's word, that is the most loving thing that we can do. Following God's word, even when it's difficult. So so understand it this way. Love equals obey God. And it's going to cover everything that we might would consider love that's truthful. It's going to make us what? Be kind to other people. It's going to... Uh, cause us to start to allow people to go slow in front of us on 440 and not call them all kinds of ugly names. Not speaking from experience. But it's going to cause us to do all those things that we consider love because it, in itself, obeying God is the most loving thing that we can do. If we're going to love one another, we have to obey the truth of God's word in everything. In everything. And just in case we're still wondering, we may ask the question, but isn't it love to simply be kind and tolerant? I want you to hear what it says in verse 7 here of this passage in 2 John. He goes on. This is the the lovey-dovey disciple, right? He says, for many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Well, that's mean. But if it's true, you need to let people know. He says, keep walking in the commandments of Christ. If you run ahead or you go to the right or to the left, you are not in 
God. You do not have God. It says, who, how, excuse me, whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. And if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. That's not very sweet and kind. We would often say in our world, in our culture, well, you know, they're not teaching what's correct, but we just need to kind of let them do their thing. I don't think we should throw rocks at them. I don't think we should slash their tires. But if we have an opportunity, we should let them know this is what the truth of God's word says. And I want to invite you to come back because why? I love you. I know it's hard to say because it doesn't sound loving. But we love them, so we want them to spend eternity. Because it says if they go ahead and they run ahead of the teaching of Christ, they do not have God. We are doing no favors by hiding from the truth and hiding the truth. As painful as it might be to stand up in a crowd as the one and only who will not bow the knee to what culture says is true, we have to tell the truth because eternity is much longer than our 75 years. And if we love people, if we truly love people, we're going to tell them the truth in the most kind and caring way that we can. But we're going to tell them the truth. That's our goal. That's our challenge. And he said he goes even farther, doesn't he? Then we would definitely feel comfortable going. And he says, if you welcome them and just say, oh, we'll be okay. They're not teaching the truth, but I'll just welcome them. What does he say? You're guilty of being involved in their sin, too. Their wicked works. You see, the truth of the gospel and God's word is life to us. It's life to everybody. And so we've got to share that truth, that life with everyone. You've got to cling to it. You've got to fight for it. You've got to dig for it. You've got to search for it. You've got to hunt for it. There are so many scriptures. And, and God was just trying to pound it into my brain last week. And he, he showed me in everything, the scripture of the day, in a Bible study. He kept showing me verses that say things. You will seek me and you will find me. When you seek me half-heartedly once a month. I'm sorry, that was mean. <laughs> no, it's not mean. We interpret the scripture that way sometimes, but what he says in multiple places is you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. When you seek me with all of your heart, that's when you'll find the truth. We cannot expect to skim scripture and know our creator who died on the cross for us. We've got to dig in and get to know him and understand him because people's lives hang in the balance. So he goes on and we understand this truth. He said, the, we understand this, the most loving thing that you can do. Is show and tell people the truth of God's grace. Everybody hear that? The most loving thing that you can do is show and tell people the truth of God's grace. So what does this mean for us? I know I've been tough on you this morning. I'm being tough on myself. Because it's easy to just be quiet. Because when we speak up, we can get a target on our back. Here at Movement, our mission is love, serve, and move. It's very simple. 
And it's similar to what a lot of churches would say. They just might use different language. But we believe in loving, serving, and moving. We want to love God and love others. We want to serve the church and the world. And we want to keep moving closer to Jesus every day until the neighborhood knows Jesus. And the neighborhood, y'all, is the world. So we don't ever quit. We don't ever. When we get knocked down, like Chubba said, we get up again. Some of y'all know what that is. But we keep getting up and we believe in the grace of God that allows us to get up. And if we're going to fulfill our mission of loving God and loving others, it has to be with grace and truth. Here's why it's so important. If we're all grace, we become what people would call a universalist. And the world is full of universalists, but there's no truth in universalism. Universalism is the idea that all roads lead to heaven and everybody gets in. It doesn't matter what you believe. But we spent a lot of time over these past few weeks talking about the fact that there is justice and justice has to be met. That sin has consequences and this ultimate consequence is death. But thankfully, by the grace of God, Jesus paid for it and we don't have to suffer it. But there is a choice when we reject Jesus that we choose and that's to go away from him. It's not biblical that everyone is saved no matter what they believe. Not everyone will be saved. Not because God's mean, but because... Many people will reject Yahweh's gracious offer of salvation. The offer's there for everybody. The offer was there for Adolf Hitler. The offer's there for all sorts of people who we don't think deserve the offer. But guess what? You and I didn't deserve it either. That's what grace is. It's a gift we don't deserve. And so if we're all grace, so to speak, we become universalists. And we can be all truth sometimes, and that's dangerous too, because what that creates is if you're all truth, it creates a bunch of jerky Pharisees. And you remember what Jesus said to the Pharisees? It was very sweet. You know, you'll probably find it on a Hallmark card. He called them broods of vipers. And he said, you travel across oceans to win a single convert, but in the end, you make them twice as much a son of hell as you are. Can't you just read it now on the card? This is Jesus, y'all. He's not saying there's no hope for him. He's just saying if you keep on the path of being like that, of this all truth, that you're just a jerk and you're happy. Evidently, the funniest thing I've ever said to you guys last week, I just offhand said something about how people have that attitude and that they you know, wake up saying, oh, I love the smell of napalm on centers in the morning. And some of y'all were still struggling with that for a while later. But there's people that have that attitude. And that is just as wrong as all grace, y'all. That we are joyful that people are lost and going to hell. Because we've already said we don't deserve salvation either. And the truth is nobody's going to want to hear our message if we seem happy that people are lost. So when we share grace and truth out of love... People will come to know Jesus. When we share grace and truth out of a place of love, people will come to Jesus. We're all broken. If I've lost you, tune back in. I want you to do something really quick. I want you to look around. I want you to look to your right, your left. If you need to, behind you. Just glance back. You don't have to make weird lingering eye contact. But look around. This room... Is full of broken people. 
many, if not all, I don't know, but many are being put back together. And when God looks at each and every one of us that are covered in the blood of Christ, he sees the perfection of Christ, God's righteousness at Christ's expense. But the still truth is, until we, and our breath leaves us, or Jesus comes back, we're still broken people. And we are not going to be a church that acts like that ain't the case. If you want to come in here and put on a mask and play a role, it's going to be hard. We're not going to be mean to you, but we're going to be like, look, we all are taking that mask off. Because I guarantee you, every morning I get up, one of the first things that I want to do is I want to put on a mask. And there's many times I do, but then i got to rip it off. And the problem is that it starts to be attached to your skin. And you got to rip it off, and you and i got to do that. And so if you want to wear a mask, this is going to be uncomfortable, but we want to get you free from that mask. Because being real and being accepting the grace of God and His truth is where life really truly begins. And that's what we want to be about. We're all broken, we're all in need of grace, and we need the truth of where we can find that grace. And so that's why we share grace and truth together. Because I've said it one time, I probably said it a thousand. Steve said it. It's been sung. We all need grace. And guess what? We never stop needing it. We never stop needing grace. So know the truth. Love it. Learn to love the truth. And it's going to be hard at times because the truth, it will set you free. But sometimes it's got to cut the chains off of you. But know the truth and love it. Love God and seek Him. Love others enough to lead them to the truth of God's grace. And so there are three practical ways that I want you to think about this morning as we get ready to wrap this up in the next little bit. How we can live grace and truth and love. The first one is discipleship. The first one is discipleship. We've been talking a lot about that lately. I want you to go on our church app and sign up for our discipleship study. It's a brief study, about six weeks. We'll pair you with a coach, and they will get together if you have any questions. They'll help you find answers to those questions, and they'll help walk through this life of faith with you. If you've already done all this stuff before, it's okay. We want you to dig back in. And let's grow together deeper. We're also doing something right now over these next four weeks called Resurrecting Me, a discipleship challenge. We've got videos that we post on Tuesday sharing a prayer theme for the week. And then on Thursdays for about 15 minutes at lunchtime, we're doing a prayer Zoom call. We've got a Bible reading plan. All of this information you can find in our church app. Find ways to dig into God's word and his truth and fall in love with it and pray and talk to God. And then the next thing you can do is this. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. I'm going to say it again. Fall in love with God's truth. Join a Bible plan with that resurrecting me. If you want a place to start, you need to be reading God's word every day because it feeds your soul and it brings you life. You can find a link to the Bible reading plan that many people are already jumping in and reading together. And we're going to share another one as soon as that one's done in our church app. And then I'm going to ask you to do one that's a little different. We haven't talked about this in a while, but we're going to talk about praying for your one. Find a person that you care about deeply, that you want them to understand the grace of God and you want to love them with the truth so they can know that grace of God and just start praying for them and start praying that you would have an open heart and an open mind to reach out to them and let them know the grace of God. But I want to add a little tweak to it that we talk about a lot, at least we used to. 
I want you to be praying every day for opportunities, for your eyes to be open to the opportunities of people all around you that you may not know that need that grace and they need that truth and they need your love. So pray for your one, but pray for one opportunity every day to tell anybody and everybody and show people the love of Jesus. I don't want to embarrass her, but Miss Roberta, some of y'all may know as Lynn, she's got a couple of names. <laughs> she's been coming to movement for a while now, and, and you blessed my heart yesterday. Life's not easy sometimes, and having a young church in the middle of a pandemic is definitely not easy, and sometimes it feels like the enemy is winning when people walk away and they give up. People even say hurtful things about you, and life is just hard, right? I mean, we all know people who've lost precious loved ones. Life is hard financially things are hard and and she said just a few things and I'm not going to try to quote her but she simply said this God's got big things in store for movement because I believe what she said she saw is what we are trying to do is love and share our values of grace and truth with people who need it we don't want to be fake we want to be real we want to be a real church for real people and it's good for my heart to hear and I hope and pray it's good for your heart to hear that your labor for the Lord is not in vain it's not in vain keep pressing on knowing that the truth will set you free and set others free we are different in how we want to seek to love and how we hold the truth and we want to share grace. We're not perfect, but we want to be real. We want to be real followers and disciples of Jesus. It's not been easy, but when we live our values of God's truth and grace, Lives are changed because that's where we meet Jesus. And Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes everything. And the way that we meet him is by grace, through the truth. If you're outside of Christ today, there's no better time than right now to experience that grace for the first time if you believe who Jesus is in his truth that he's Lord and King and you're willing to confess that and step off your own throne and make him King and Lord of your life and Savior turn away from your life of sin just walk away drop it and leave it go and sin no more but you know you're going to mess up but run towards him meet him in the watery grave of baptism where he washes you clean and raises you up to a new life you can start today and experience that grace in truth and in love for the very first time and we'd love to take you and baptize you into christ today for us as a church i want you to do one of those things if you're not already doing it and encourage somebody else to come alongside you to get into God's word, to spend time studying God's word, spend time loving and praying for people because this world needs grace and this world needs truth and it needs love and we are called to be the shining light of Jesus. So today, if there's something on your heart, 
let's experience that grace for the first time or the one millionth time. But know that you're free and know that you can be clean and you can be whole. Let's stand, let's worship together. Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's Sermon Podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.